Years ago, uh, the staff and I were having a meeting. We were planning a uh, church in the park. So we were going to go to have a Sunday morning where we're all going to go to a park and I think do some baptisms and you know, do all the kind of church in the park stuff uh, where we're going to meet there. And, and we're listing off parks. At this time, we we're in the Camas area. So we're listing off, listing off parks in the Camas area. And I, and I find one. I go, hey, this is, this is a good one. Seems suited for the purpose. It had the space for the food, for the things that we were planning to do, all that kind of stuff. And, and for me, it was like, there you go. There's, there's the park. And it took about 10 uh, seconds before uh, that idea was knocked down when Susan Vanderplug pointed out that the park had no public restrooms. <laughs> now, she asked questions like, where will people use the restroom? Where would parents change their baby's diapers? Uh, and those questions struck me as odd because being a man and apparently an insensitive one, I had not, had not even considered the idea that we would need bathrooms. I don't have any babies at this time in my life, and I could hold it. So what's the problem, people, right? That's, that's you know, how I was. But I learned an important lesson in that staff meeting. I do not always see all the angles and all the issues. I do not always see all the needs that I'm not personally, intentionally thinking about. When I had babies, uh, and then I had toddlers, and then they were little kids, and then they were teenagers, and, uh, and I knew the kinds of things a family with kids of those ages needed while my kids were those ages, but once I moved out of one age, like I completely forgot what everybody else needed at that age, right? So once my children were like over 16, if you had come to me and said, oh, we're just having this hard time getting our four-year-old to soccer practice, I'd be like, why can't you just drive? right? Because my kids could drive, so what's the problem, right? The, I, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't think about what people needed because I wasn't in that stage, right? I wasn't in the stage of life where that was the need. Uh, I got used to where I was, and I became insensitive to the needs of people and families that were in different stages than me. Not because I didn't love them. It wasn't that. It wasn't because I didn't care about them, but because I wasn't intentionally thinking about their needs, uh, the problem with that is you can become unintentionally inhospitable to other people. Unintentionally inhospitable. We've been talking about the Great Commission for the last uh, two Sundays. Uh, we've been talking about what it looks like to sort of be all in for the Lord's commands to us in the Great Commission. Uh, and so we've talked about serving, we've talked about giving, we've talked about evangelism, we've talked about these things that are so important to the Great Commission. Uh, and today I want to talk about hospitality. I want to talk about the, the role of hospitality in the Great Commission. Let's, let's read the Great Commission. It's on the wall. We read it all the time. I hope that you guys hope, know it by heart, but let's read it. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. You know, if that last part wasn't there, I don't think I could do any of the first part, if he wasn't with us always. Our calling is to make disciples of all nations, all peoples, wherever we go. That's where we're going to Honduras in a few weeks, a bunch of uh, the folks here. I hope you will start praying for that. We're supposed to be baptizing those, those disciples in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And we're supposed to be teaching them to observe all things that Jesus Christ has commanded. And he is with us even to the end of the age. Amen. Let's just pray as a church about that for a minute. Father, I just pray 
that we would fulfill the great commission in the power of your Holy Spirit. I just pray that you would soften our hearts to be thinking about this. There's so many things for us to think about, Lord, and so many things to distract us, and so many things that come up in our lives, the cares of the world that come up like weeds that can choke out our fruitfulness. But Lord, I pray that we would consistently and continually be thinking about the Great Commission, that we would continually and consistently be thinking about how to bring people to a place where they can come to know you and have life in you and go from death to life and be saved. How we can take those people and, and bring them to the first step of obedience and baptism in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. How we can disciple those people and teach them to observe all that you've commanded to obey what you have for us because you have given us the way. You are the way, the truth, and the life as you tell us. In John 14, 6, Lord, we just pray that you would give us a heart to listen and a mind to decide, to decide that we are going to do what we've heard when we've been listening. And I pray that we would put aside ourselves, that we would put aside the other things that we think are important, that we put aside our comfort, and that we would seek to be hospitable to those who are coming to you because we know you draw them and we want to be here to fulfill the calling you have for us as you use us to bring them into your kingdom. In your name, amen. Before we, got, uh, we get into sort of this stuff, I want to say a couple things because I want to make some things very clear because we're going to talk about some stuff that I can see people sort of taking the wrong way and I don't want to miscommunicate. And so I want to tell you a couple things. Uh, I love this church. I love this church. I love each one of you. I believe that God has called you to this local expression of the body of Christ. I really love you, and I am gl so glad that you're called to this church. I am also called to equip you and teach you in the power of the Holy Spirit to go and make disciples. And I want to do that, but I have seen other churches when they try to do this and they do it the wrong way. I've seen sort of what the fallout looks like when the leadership of a church sort of pushes for making disciples and, and growing a church, and that might involve some changes and that might be difficult, and the people don't feel loved and valued in that process. And so it's very important to me that you understand that you're loved and you're valued and every one of you has been called here for a reason and you have a purpose. And as we talk through this, the, what we're gonna talk through today, the idea is for us to get excited about doing the things that we're doing, not to say that you by yourselves aren't enough. You are enough. You are more than enough. I am beyond pleased that I get to, to worship the Lord and serve him with each one of you. But we are called to continue to make more disciples. And so I don't want you to get lost in that process or feel undervalued in that process. I don't ever want that. But we have to push. We have to push as a church to do the uncomfortable and to sacrifice for the mission, for the Great Commission. We have to do that. I want us to think today. Think about how God uses us. Think about how it works. What are the common means God uses us for in bringing people from life to death and salvation? What are the common means, the ways that God transforms people? What is our role in that as he transforms people through his power and his word? What, what, what's our part in that, right? I want us to think about how the Father loves his children and what method and means God uses most commonly to show that love to other people. 
Because the answer to all those questions is the same answer. The common means of bringing people to salvation, of discipling them, of seeing them transformed in his word, in the power of the Holy Spirit, of loving them, all of those things, the means that God normally uses is Jesus Christ's body, his church. That's the means. How do you know that God loves you? Because of his word, but also because I'm telling you he does. And the person next to you is telling you he does. And he's showing you he does by showing you that he's put people in your life that love you. That's the love. When, when somebody brings a meal to you, when somebody smiles at you, when somebody does that, they're, they're showing you the love of God. God uses us to do all of that in the world. We are his body to work out the things. And what a privilege it is that we get to do that. It's through you that God works on the hearts of men to transform them. It's through you that God shows love to people. This means we've got to be ready and willing and able to minister to those God is calling to himself. We've got to be ready and willing and able to minister to those that God is calling to himself. We have to be open and welcoming and loving. 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11. There's Bibles in front of you, by the way, if you want to read along. It'll also be up on the screen. Uh, and if you don't have a Bible at home, please take one of those with you. That's our gift to you. You don't owe us anything for it. Just grab it. And when you leave, take it with you and read it and, and come to know the Lord and love him through it. This is what 1 Peter 4, 7 through 11 says. But the end of all things is at hand. And if it was at hand then, it sure is at hand now, right? The end, the end times has been this whole period right, this whole period, and we are really getting to the far end of the end times now. Therefore, what? Be serious and watchful in your prayers. We have a group of folks that have been praying on Friday nights in this church that started organically by itself, people who had a heart to do it and are doing that, and I cannot think of anything more important than that we are praying, that we're praying together in life groups, that we're praying together in prayer groups, that we're praying. And here it is, be watchful Serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. And isn't that the truth? Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. The Greek word here is philoxenos. Philoxenos, okay? I'm gonna, it's probably pronounced a little bit differently. I don't care. That's how I'm saying it. Philoxenos, Okay. <laughs> It's all Greek to me. <laughs> Philo, philo, meaning love. Xenos, meaning stranger. Loving the stranger. Loving the person you do not know. Loving the person that is foreign to you. The visitor who comes through the door. The person you meet on the street. The person serving your coffee or your meal. Those that you don't know, they are strangers. Right? And philoxenos is loving that person. And we're called to do it here. Be hospitable. This is not a question that's here like, maybe should we? This is a command. It's not a suggestion. This is a command straight from the word of God in scripture. We are to be hospitable and don't complain about it. 
Be hospitable and don't complain about it. We're called and commanded to be philoxenos, lovers of strangers. And this flows perfectly from the commands, the central command of the law. Here's Luke 10, 27. So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And your neighbor as yourself. That's the philoxenos, right? That's loving not just the person you know, but the stranger, your enemy. The Lord tells us all of those kinds of things. He's called us to love our neighbor if we love him. And of course, if we do love him, we'll love our neighbor because our neighbors are his creations, made in his image and likeness. And he's put them in our lives. If you're wondering, by the way, who's included as your neighbor, the lawyer who was talking to Jesus in this passage in Luke, asks the same question, who's my neighbor? And of course, Jesus goes on to tell him the parable of the Good Samaritan. He tells him the parable of this man, presumably a Jewish man who's on the road. The man is beaten and robbed, and all those sort of religious folks walk by, the, the, the Israelite religious folks, the priest and the Levite, and so on. And then this Samaritan comes by, and of course, the Jewish people do not like the Samaritans. Real bad, they don't like him. I mean, they really don't like him. But it was a Samaritan who took care of this man. It was a Samaritan who showed philoxenos, love of the stranger, to this man. And he says, so who's the neighbor? And he says, well, the one who had mercy on him. So who's your neighbor? Everybody. Everybody. Whether you like them or not. Whether they agree with your politics, whether they, uh, you know, live the way you like them to live, whether they wear what you want them to wear, whether they like the things that you like, doesn't matter. The stranger and your neighbor, that includes everybody. Everybody. We're called to philoxenos, or to hospitality, to everyone. The word hospitality, it's, it's used, I actually like the Greek word better. Loving the stranger. Because hospitality, it's like, you know, a hotel is hospitality, and this thing's hospitality, and that thing. And it's a weird word. It's got too many syllables. Um, I like philoxenos because what, what it means is you gotta love. You gotta love the stranger. See, I can be hospitable in the traditional sense where like, you know, I, take, I serve you in a particular way, but if there's no love in my heart, it's not the same thing. The church isn't just a place where we give fake smiles, offer somebody a coffee. The church is a place where we give real smiles out of the love in our heart for people and we offer coffee out of the love in our, our heart for people, and we help them find a place to see, sit because of the love in our heart for people. It's not just hospitality in that dry sense. It's philoxenos. It's love of the stranger. It takes more than a general willingness to be kind. It takes intentional thinking about how to be kind. How to be kind. What do people need? I wasn't trying to be unkind to women and children when I didn't fi find a park that had bathrooms. That wasn't my thing. I just wasn't being intentionable. Intentionable? New word. <laughs> this is why I always chew gum. I took my gum out, people were complaining, and now I'm stumbling. I, I wasn't being intentional. I wasn't thinking about the needs of people. So we gotta ask ourselves the question, how does this apply to Acts Church? How do we... How do we show philoxenos to people, right? How do we do it? Well, we can see who we're showing the greatest philoxenos to by who shows up and who stays. Because the people who are being loved the best, 
they're likely to be the ones that, that come and that stay, right? It doesn't mean anybody in this church thinks everything is perfect. I don't, you don't, no, we'll never have that until the other side when we're with the Lord. But if you're here and you're staying, it's probably because you feel called and probably you feel loved. So you gotta look at the church and say, who are we not being intentional about philoxenos to? It's a, it's a pretty easy test when you go, well, we're meeting the needs of those who consistently have many of their needs met. But we can look at the demographics of our church and answer the question, where is our philoxenos right now being aimed the best, and where could we be better? And this is a serious question for us to think about. I'm not going to get into a bunch of statistics. I started that, and I had a spreadsheet, and I'm doing the whole thing, and I thought, you know what? No, I'm not going to do all that. But I can tell you that right now, we have about 97 families that regularly attend Acts Church, and only about 20 families who have children of school age, 0 to 18, in school, in our church, out of 97. That's not, uh, not, you know, I'm not, I'm just saying. It suggests that those folks aren't necessarily feeling the same philoxenos as the rest of us. We're called to be hospitable to families with children. They are in so many ways the people with the most needs in our society. Our children are being attacked. I mean, I could sit here and weep daily, hourly, by everyone. It's not just like the old days where you had to keep your kids from like that area over there. Everybody, they're on social media, they're on this thing, it's just a constant attack. It's unbelievable. And now, the safe, safe spaces that they used to have that you could trust, you definitely can't. You send them to public school, they're getting it. They get on their phone, they're getting it. They turn on the television, they're getting it. Doesn't matter where. The other people in our society are so broken and post-postmodern and messed up that you can't trust. Like half of you can't let people in your own families like don't let them talk too much. Right? Because the, our children are under attack. So who needs the philoxenos of the church more than children and families with children? But right now families are being isolated. We've talked a lot about like the shield wall here, How, what it means to be strong. We watched uh, the Planet of the Apes movies, the newer ones this week. Um, Tiffany's got a bad ankle, so we can't do our normal 10-mile run each night. <laughs> but in the movie, the apes go, apes together strong, right? Apes together strong. Christ followers together strong. Christ followers apart and isolated, weak. And we have, Satan has, has done such a, an effective job of sort of isolating everybody to where most people's lives look nothing like what they used to look like. It was already really bad, and then the pandemic, and then post-pandemic, and the whatever. I don't care what the reasons are. I just, I just can tell you what it's like. Most people, they're going to work, they're at work, they might have some relationships or whatever, but they probably aren't very strong. They're coming home and they're turning on Netflix and they're, you know, they're in their own house. They, don't, they aren't going out. They aren't connecting with other people. It used to be you go to church on Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday night, you got the PTA meeting, you're on the bowling team, you do the, and you have all these connections. Like life was social in general, right? Now we have phones. And let me just tell you something. Typing that little thing on threads or uh, 
Twitter, whatever, is not social. That's not real. There, aren't, there, there, there are not real people loving one another in that environment. Okay, Watching a YouTube video is not social. They call it social media. There's nothing social about that. What is social, true social, is when you are connected to other people in a real way, where you could actually do something for somebody, other than, yeah, occasionally, I guess you can do the little, give somebody money on the, I don't even remember what that thing's called. Some of you know what it's called. I don't know. Anyway, that's not social. This is social. You're sitting here in this place together. You're, gonna, you're talking to each other before. We talk to each other during. We're going to talk to each other after. We pray together. We sing together. We study the scripture together. That's social. Right? It used to be your kid would play on the team. All the parents would show up. They'd have their little lawn chairs. You'd have the mom who's got the sangria in her water bottle who'd be a little funky. You know what I'm talking about. If you don't know about that, it was you. So that's the... Anyway, you had that going on. Of course, sports didn't happen on Wednesday nights, on Sunday mornings, or on Sunday nights because the society respected the fact that lots of people went to church. Forget it now. It's travel ball, and you're gone all the time, and you're whatever. You're, you're pulled away from community. Families with children need community. They have to have it. They will not survive without it. But we're isolated. The sense of community is being lost, and the church is unintentionally being inhospitable to families with children. How do I know? Because you just look across the, de the demographics of the church. I'm not just my Acts church. Just look at what's going on. Now, I'm not telling you that there's anything wrong with our church in the sense that we tend to be older, right? We, we do. We trend older. Um, but being older doesn't mean you're not important and special and have a mission or whatever. I've told you this many times. I think it's completely true. I'm, I'm older. My kids are out of the house, been out of the house. Praise the Lord, right? <laughs> Paying for themselves mostly, not... You, you know, you still pay for the cell phone and stuff forever. It's just amazing how long they will hang on to that stuff. Anyway, um, there's nothing wrong with being older and not having school-aged children. We need tons of those people in the church. But we also have to think about these families and how we can serve and minister to them. Because if we don't minister to these families, we will be ignoring a huge number of people who we ought to be ready and willing and able to minister to. And just let me tell you something. If you're concerned about sort of society and culture and where we are. And you have, and you see what's going on and you're, and, and I signed some petitions this week because we're doing crazy things in Olympia, okay? They're doing crazy things in Salem. They're doing crazy things in Sacramento. The West Coast is like, what? Like people in other parts of the country are just like, I don't, I don't understand. Right, fine, okay. You wanna change that? You start by helping raise solid families. Right? Yeah. We help raise solid families. Let me tell you something. I, I watched a thing that talked about the effect of, of fathers in the home and how important that is and the, the outcomes for children with and without fathers in the home. Listen, the reality is that there are tons of people out there who don't have fathers in the home. You know who, who can replace that, that missing part for those families where, because a lot of guys are just not good. They aren't good and they leave their families and they're, and they're, they're, ex-wives or girlfriends or whatever have these children and they don't have a father figure there. Guess who can step in there? We can. We can. Yeah, because the rest of the world doesn't have that. They don't have a church with men who love Jesus Christ who can be there 
to show these young people, these young men and women, what real love from a man looks like. Because mothers are amazing, but they're not everything. They're not everything. There are families without mothers in the home. There are families without fathers in the home. There are broken families or whatever. And then there are families that have both. And they're there. And you know what they're saying? I don't know how to do this. And YouTube is not that helpful. Right? YouTube has not shown me how to biblically raise my children, how to biblically discipline and love, how to do all these kinds of things. And since I'm isolated, I don't have anybody else. I'm tired all the time. My kids don't have friends. I don't have friends. I've been more and more and more isolated. That is not the way it should be. If my wife and I did not have the life group or small group that we had as we were coming up with our children, it would be bad. Our marriage would be much worse. Raising our children would have gone much worse. We needed those people who were together, apes together strong, right? We're not apes. I don't believe in evolution. Don't, don't email me. That was just from the movie, okay? Plus, they can't talk in real life, okay? Um, but we are strong together, and we need that. We need that. We need that. Instead of sort of pointing out where we're weak in Philoxenos, I want to start with our strengths. And I want to show us how to press in to ministry opportunities with our strengths. Okay, here's some of them. First of all, we are an incredibly kind and welcoming expression of the local body of Christ. Right? This local body of Christ is extremely kind, extremely welcoming. How do I know? Because people will say that. Whether they end up staying and becoming part of this church or not, almost everybody talks about how kind and welcoming you all are. We all are. That's an amazing thing. We can leverage that, that kindness, the hearty smiles and hugs and handshakes and all that good stuff. Uh, little, little tip, if you don't know whether the person's a hugger, do the handshake thing. Um, that's just, uh, I'm just going to give you that tip and leave it there. Uh, it's a blessing to hear people share how welcome they feel when they visit us because of how kind we are as a church body. We also have a lot of wisdom in this body. That those bald heads and those gray heads, they come with this gray head, they come with experience, right? We earned it. We earned all that gray hair. Most of us have raised children and made like all the mistakes, right? Many of us have been through trials and difficulties in our marriages. So when people are raising children and having marriages and so on, who can they come to? Those of us who made all the mistakes. Don't do that. I did that. Did not work out well, right? Most of us have also been Christ followers for a long time. The trend in our church is that people who are faithful and who have been in the Lord for a long time tend to come and tend to stay because for, for a number of reasons, but we have a lot of people who have been Christ followers for a long time. Many of you know the scriptures. You've developed good disciplines in your own discipleship. Many of you know how to handle finance as well. Many of you have been through job searches, worked in different areas, all these things that families need advice on, just practical stuff that they need biblical, solid advice from people who love them and are intentionally thinking about them and what they need and how to philoxenos, how to love that stranger who comes into this church. All of this wisdom is what families with children need to thrive. And all of this wisdom is, is things that most of us can impart to the younger folks who God calls to this church body. Because many of you are retired, you have time to serve and minister to others. Some of you could volunteer 
to watch and care for some children so some tired parents can have a night out. Being, well, there's a tired parent, right? Many of you can offer to take a family out to lunch or to dinner. You know, how often do they get to go out to dinner because, you know, they got three kids and they can't, uh, you know, afford to or they can't control them <laughs> or whatever it happens to be. <laughs> so maybe you and, and your husband or your wife can take them out, help them out a little bit, you know, uh, and, and take them out to dinner. We have so many people that have such hearts for people, but you have to be looking for the opportunities. We have a wealth we have, we have an embarrassment of riches, as they would say, when it comes to wisdom and time and hearts for the Lord and hearts for people. And we need to make sure we're aiming it where it needs to go so that our philoxenos is across the, the spectrum, that from zero to dead, you have a place in this church and you're being loved and you're feeling that your, your needs are being met. That, you're, that, you're, that, that people know where you are and what you need for, for where you are in life. When people come here and they, they go online, they show up, whatever it happens to be, and they're a family with children, they visit, say, a worship service, there is a message that is being sent. I want you to understand that because I want you to understand your role in that. When somebody comes and parks their car there and walks up here, comes in, brings their kids downstairs, sits down, and so on. We are sending a message. When we talk about the things that we do, we talk about life groups, we talk about acts kids, we talk about youth group, we talk about those kinds of things. When we talk, a message is being sent to those parents. And we gotta ask ourselves, what is that message? And I just wanna tell you that right now there are some areas where we ought to improve that message. We ought to improve that message. Before I, I get into this, I wanna encourage and exhort you not to think that the reason people in this age range, like families with children, don't sort of come in and belong to churches is that it's their problem. Because that's the way that many of us, including me, tend to do it. We criticize the generations below us, criticize them for various things. My own generation, Generation X, was called the slacker generation. That's what we were called. I'm not saying it wasn't accurate. I'm just saying that's what we were called, right? Maybe we were, I don't know. But I don't care about generalized ideas of what a generation is like, whether they're true or false. I care about the things we can control by loving and serving sacrificially. Because it's easy to go, well, maybe those people aren't here because they're just not committed people or they're just not this or that. I don't care. You know what will show me that we're doing it is when we're doing it, not, not, not what they're doing. I don't care what they're doing out here. I care what we're doing in here. Sacrificial love in this area just so you know, is not going to be the way we want all the time in terms of what church services look like, in terms of what your life group may look like, in terms of what's taking up your time. It means that there's going to be more work and less comfort. That's the fact. If we're successful and the Lord blesses us with lots of new families, with children in this church, the work isn't going to get easier. It's going to get harder, right? Talk about a group that needs a lot of ministering, right? But it will be glorious. It will be glorious. We'll have the opportunity to wear ourselves out ministering to the needs of families. We'll get to go to bed tired at night after a hard day's labor, pouring ourselves out so that children and mothers and fathers know they're loved and they're supported. So that children will grow up knowing Jesus Christ and following him. So that marriages will stay together 
when things are difficult because there's a, there's a man out there discipling that husband. There are women out there discipling that wife. And yeah, it's hard. It's gonna be hard to get them. It's gonna be hard to keep them. It's gonna be hard to minister to them. And what a glorious, glorious mission we have in doing that. Because we'll see transformation, confession, repentance, baptisms, new leaders. Guess what? We're all getting older. If the Lord tarries, we need these young men and women to come up and be able to take over for us. We need to see it. We need to be training people. We need to see new Christ followers growing strong together. But we have to be willing to be fishers of men, as the scripture says. When you're fishing, I don't know how many of you have been fishing. It's an amazingly boring thing. <laughs> get the thing, you, you get to spend lots of money on all a bunch of equipment. And you go out there and you sit there and you got the thing in the water. And like occasionally a gross fish bites that thing and comes up. It's all slimy. You don't want to eat it. So you're like taking the thing out, getting stuff all over, you throw it back in. It's amazing. It's great. Um, but one of the things that people spend a lot of money on is that bait, that method. Am I doing a little jig thing? I don't know the words. I don't know the thing. I fly fishing. I know that. I've done that before. Um, you're, you find these different ways and methods because the whole thing is those fish are hard to catch. And so there's method Right? There's method to the way that you do it. And we also have to have method to our philoxenos. What does it look like? Where do we aim our philoxenos to effectively tell a, a family with children when they walk in the door or when they go online or when they show up at our life group, whatever it is, how do we tell them you're loved, you're wanted, you're needed, you're supported? How do we do that? Well, there are a number of ways that we can do that. I'm going to go through a few of them. Axe kids downstairs should be welcoming and fully staffed with people who are ready to serve. That means more of us need to volunteer for Axe kids. I, I feel like a nag. And you know what? There's a lot of nagging that happens in here too. Over and over and over and over, it's telling us how to be. And you know what? If we don't have people down there, remember I said it sends a message. What is the message when we're understaffed down in Axe kids? It says we don't care enough about it. But it's the thing. It's where you're starting your children, where they're learning their first Bible verses, where they're learning the books of the Bible, where they're learning those stories that they'll remember for the rest of their lives and apply to their lives as they're going through things. That's where it starts. You know, zero through fifth grade. If we're a church who says we love you and your family, Philoxenos, we love the stranger. Bring your family here, bring your kids here. And they go downstairs and we don't have enough people or our people aren't prepared or whatever it is, it sends a message. It sends a message. Let the Holy Spirit speak to your heart if this is you who needs to do this. Those of you who do have children and next kids, I'm gonna talk to the parents for a minute who are in the church because you get a little bit, you get a little bit too. You need to get the help that you need to instill discipline in your children so that they listen to the teachers and the helpers because one of the reasons that people don't want to volunteer down there, now this is family talk, I really should turn off the cameras. One of the reasons teachers don't wanna be down there, some people, because they don't know how to handle your kids because your kids aren't disciplined. And I don't, I'm not saying that's your fault in general. I think that we have had a real problem over the generations where we have one generation that over disciplines and the next generation wants to sort of swing the, the pendulum. 
the other way. And so on and so forth. And so we, we have a generation right now that seems to have the pendulum swung pretty far the other way and doesn't seem to know how to biblically and lovingly discipline their children so that when they come down to ask kids, they listen to what the people say and they're kind and thoughtful and they can, you know, I know, look, kids are wild, okay? I had kids. I, I was a kid, okay? But you know what? When I was in the, the whatever Axe Kids was when I was a kid, it was just called Sunday School back then. I knew, there's a guy sitting right over here. His name is Pastor Dave. If somebody said, hey, David, the behavior needs to change, or we'll talk to Pastor Dave, the behavior changed. And I mean fast. Like, what, would, what do you want? What can I do for you? I'll read the whole Bible. What do you want? Don't tell my dad. Okay? And the reason was, because I knew that there was consequence. I was talking last night uh, with my wife, because she's a teacher, math teacher, about how if there's no consequence outside the door of the classroom, there's no classroom management inside the door. Because we're not spanking your kids down there, okay? So if your kids are being whatever, and the worst thing that we can do is call the parent, but when the parent comes down, they're like, I don't really do the discipline thing. Then your kid goes, see, I can do whatever I want. Now, this is me talking heart to heart with you all. I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. What I'm trying to offer you is that if you need help in this area, that is what all these people are here for. And we're not gonna just say to you, do it like we used to do and go get a switch and beat that kid. Come on, that's not where we are. We know the mistakes that, that, that were made with us and the other, but many of us have raised children and had to learn the balance. How do you love and discipline? and be effective at it, and do it biblically. If you need help with that, write it on a card, or email Susan and say, hey, we, I'd love to have some teaching on that, and we'll get the families together and we'll teach on it. But I need you to do that because if a family with children comes and they bring their children, they drop them off down there, and when their children get out, they're like this. Like, I don't, uh, you know, because they got knocked over 15 times by your kids, and they, no one listened to the teacher, and it was a madhouse. Philoxenos is not the first thing I think, right? I don't think that that is hospitable. So we need the teachers and we need our kids to get saved, okay? We need our kids to, to, to grow in discipline. All right, I feel bad, but this has got to be said. Like I said, if you need help with that, we're very happy to help. We all messed up too. How many of you are parents that had Kids, kids are already grown. Hands up. Now, you can only put your hand down if you never messed up in discipline. Okay? So don't feel like you haven't done anything. But listen, when you, when you volunteer at this church on Sunday morning, please don't just show up. Pray up. Pray yourself up. Be here. Be ready. Be prepared. Know what you need to do so you can do it excellently because that speaks. When someone walks in to this church, there's a reason we do things the way we do things the best that we can because we want somebody to walk in and feel like we really care about what's happening here. And we do. This is where we study the word of God. This is where we worship Jesus Christ. This is where we teach our children. This is where we are growing and being discipled. We really care what's going on there and we want to communicate that to families. We want to communicate that excellence and we want to communicate that to them about their children. If a, if a parent looks like they need some help, go see if you can help. They got three kids and they're trying to whatever and they're, you know, tripping over them. Go over and be like, hey, can I help? You know, don't be weird about it. 
Like, hey, you want me to grab your kid and hold him? You know, don't be weird. <laughs> Just be like, hey, can I, can I hold that diaper bag? You know, can I, you want me to, to help your kid? Whatever it is. Like, because we got to be thinking about it. Those of us who haven't had kids for a long time, we're like, oh, they'll be fine. I did it. They can do it. No, just show up, show up, prayed up, thinking about how to serve people. And then for all of us, please remember that it's 2023, and most, most families with children are younger people, younger families. And so that means that you're not always going to like the music if you're older or younger. No one's going to always like the music. You may not like the lights. You may not like the haze. It's just water vapor, guys. You'll deal with it. You may not like some of those things, but you know what? Sacrifice. Because young families with children, they do like louder music. I like louder music, and I'm not that young, right? I went to the Trans-Siberian Orchestra concert, and it was so loud, like loud for me. And you know who was sitting all around me? Old people. And there were lasers, and there was haze. Every, you think our haze is something? It was everywhere. And it was like, and there's old people over there just like, yeah. So I don't get, I go to Disney World and you go to, to the thing, it was like, they do like a Christmas special there. And you go in and it's 110 decibels. And the old people are just like, because it's the songs they like, right? It's the songs they like, all of a sudden it's not too loud, right? All right, I'm not trying to dog on you. I'm sure many of you think it's too loud. And all I'm saying is that it's not for young families. And what's welcoming and what's philoxenos for them is, is something that they can connect to. And so we try to do both the old, the, the really old, the somewhat old, like Lord, I left your name on high, and the new. We try to bring all that in so that we're serving everybody. Because I, the last thing I ever want is for people who are older to feel unwelcome. I'm not trying to, to trade are philoxenos for those who are over 50 for those who are, to those who are under 50. That's not, that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to just make sure we're good with everybody, okay? Good with everybody. All right. It shows philoxenos, love to the stranger, when we come in here on a Sunday morning on time, ready to play. You got to be there to be there, and if you're not there, you don't care. Ask Dr. David, he'll tell you. Okay, That's, that means getting our hearts right. Like I say, pray up before you show up so that you can have a smile on your face so that when we're singing a song, you're not sitting there like this. Because if somebody walks in and says, they go, oh, they don't care about this. This church doesn't care. If you're the one they see, they're like, they don't care about this. They're not excited about this, right? You are sending a message. I am sending a message. We need to make sure we're up for it. I have days just like you do where I wake up and I'm not feeling great because I'm old and my shoulder hurts and it's been hurting. I don't even know what happened to it, okay? And that's random. You can, so that those of you who are young in here, once you get over about 40, you can get hurt sleeping. <laughs> you just wake up and you're hurt. It's just a thing. It's crazy. Am I wrong? Yeah, it's crazy. You wake up and you're like, I've injured my shoulder. I literally haven't moved. I know, but you know what? I'm going to be here. I'm going to be ready to play. I'm going to have the right attitude, and I'm asking all of us to do that, and most of you do. Most of you do. I would also encourage all of the life groups, all of the life groups, to seriously consider making room for families with children. 
right now, most of our life groups are not open to families with children. They don't have childcare, they, they, they won't accept, can't accept families with children. I, I know that there are lots of reasons for that. I'm not getting on anybody, but I will tell you that when a family with children asks about life groups and they're like, there's two options for you out of the seven, eight, nine life groups, they go, huh. So my options are super limited because I happen to have children. That's not a really good message to send. Something to think about, okay? We don't want to send that message. I believe that most of us if not everybody in here really wants to show hospitality, philoxenos, to everyone who comes to this church. I believe that 100%. Just like I wanted to show it, but didn't think about bathrooms. I think you all want to show it, but we're not thinking about how these things communicate. And so that's what, it, that's what we're doing this morning, is talking about that. I'm not interested in talking about areas where we're failing, where we're not doing it. Where you know, I'm not upset with anybody for anything. I think that our willingness to serve people is super high. I think we love people. I just want us to, to become, I want to help us become more intentional so that we can be hospitable intentionally. That's all I'm doing here today, okay? I'm not dogging you because you don't like loud music. There's, there are places where I've gone where the music's too loud. I, Tiffany and I left a concert one time, like a Christian worship concert. It was just too loud for me. And this was years ago. So it can be too loud. It's just that I decide that. No, I'm just kidding. It, it, it can be too loud. It can be too loud. I get it. I get it. I get lots of the things that like aren't really hitting for us, depending on our age, you know, young, old, whatever. What we're trying to do though, what we're trying to do is to fulfill the great commission. And you cannot fish for men with bait that stinks. Well, actually fish do like bait that stinks. So that metaphor is not working. You can't with the wrong bait. Okay. We may, we may like the bait. We may like the way things are. It may be just right for us or pretty darn good for us, but we have to be willing to do the things that we need to do because there is, any of you who have been here for a long time are probably confused that we don't have a lot more people to come to this church because of how welcoming you are, because of how loving our people are, because of how much our worship team loves to worship the Lord, because we teach the word of God and that's attractive. And we go, why, why are we not? And the only thing I can say is, is that in this society, in this culture, it just takes a whole different kind of thing to, to connect with people who are under 50 and families with children. It just takes a whole different thing than it used to. We can't use the old bait. It doesn't work. And we have to be willing to let that go and do the things we need to do. And so, Axe Kids, youth group. Youth group is huge. If you have teenagers and you come to this church, you want them to have a program where not only are they going to get the word of God, but they're also going to have social interactions with people their age who are going to help grow them and who they can connect to. That takes some of us to be more involved in praying for youth group. Patrick is so dedicated to those kids. He loves them. He loves them. We have that person. Deanne Van Rankin, who runs X Kids, is so dedicated to these kids. She loves them. But neither one of them can do all that by themselves. They need your prayer. They need your help. You know, we need to give sufficiently so we can provide for those ministries. We need to be thinking about it. If you don't know the Lord today, you're like, what is this about? What is this guy going on about? I want you to know him. I want you to know him. We want you to know him. Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world. Jesus loves us and he wants to have a real relationship with us. He wants you to have a real relationship with him. 
Romans 10, 9 through 10 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes into righteousness and with the mouth confession is made into salvation. We saw that happen this week with Sonny and the man who we talked to. We've seen it happen many times here. We want to see it happen many more because it's really true. You can be, you can be new today. And we want to bring that message to anyone who has not heard it. And we want to help people have life in Jesus Christ, not just salvation, but baptism and discipleship. And we're gonna have to be intentional. We have to always be looking for areas where we can love our neighbors, where we can philoxenos, show love to the stranger, to the person that's not like us. And I'll just tell you right now, if you're probably 40 something or older, the group that's sort of below you, you're not like them. I've got no idea what they're talking about sometimes. I'm serious. Like, I'm, there are words. I did a little quiz. Patrick gave me this YouTube video, this quiz, like, do you know what this word means? And I'm like, what are they talking about? I don't know what they're talking about, right? They just have a completely, I mean, utterly different experience of the world. We all had the same experience, basically, up until a certain point when like cell phones became a thing and then everything changed and these people grew up completely like that. You have to understand you don't know them. So as we try, as we over and over and over are looking for it, as the leadership comes and says, hey, can we, can we try this? Can we try that? I need you with me because we have to find a way to get to these people because they need Jesus and they need you and they need your wisdom. They need your time. They need your affection. They need your smiles. They need your hugs. They need all of that. And so please be with each other so that we can be together and strong as a shield wall going out and pulling some of these families back behind the shield wall where they need protection. Because we have the truth in Jesus Christ. If you don't have that, you can have that today. But we're going to be looking for opportunities to show Philoxenos. I love you, X Church. I love you guys. I want to see this church grow in the Great Commission. I hope to see people coming to know Jesus Christ more and more. I hope to see people baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. I want to see people taught and discipled. I want to see transformation in the lives of individuals, in the lives of families. New life in families. I mean, I, I get excited about that. I hope to be salt and light, as Christ has called us to be, to a dying world. And I want to do that with you. Mm -hmm.